Real Catch-Up. Committed to real estate with a positive impact. Hi everyone and welcome to Real Catch-Up, the BNP Paribas real estate podcast, which dares to look at what the city of tomorrow might look like. So what will it look like? What are the challenges that we are already facing? What is the role of real estate in all of this? Today, this is an essential subject as we transition to real estate that is more sustainable. The circular economy and the reusing of materials, important contributors to the reduction of carbon emissions within real estate project and building in a more eco-friendly manner using less resources. As a major actor in this field, BNP Paribas Real Estate is engaged in systematically making this a part of its business and helping to contribute to the sustainable city of today and tomorrow. What are the solutions, the opportunities, how to bring together resilience, quality of life for users and the reduction of operating costs? These are some of the questions we'll be asking Grégoire Tripon, Deputy Managing Director, Head of Business Development Europe. Hi, Grégoire. Bonjour. Hi there. So you are Deputy Managing Director, Head of Business Development Europe. Wow. Exactly. Actually, I offer our property management services to our clients, whether that's in France or more largely in the countries where we operate in Europe. What exactly does property management do? Within property management, we look after the investments of our clients who buy buildings and then delegate the management of them to us. So we manage the very administrative side, meaning the relationship with tenants, their leases, their occupation rights, but also the technical side, making sure that the building runs properly and delivers what it's meant to be delivering to its occupiers. So a calm environment that is well-equipped and functional, but also, more and more, one that is compatible with the aspirations in terms of the ESG strategy of our client. So real estate that is more ethical, more respectful, and can start to protect against climate change. So you are responsible for this balance, if I can say it like that. Today we're going to speak about circular economy, for as you said, real estate, like any other sector, must reinvent itself in order to meet the challenge of climate change and create an example of resilience. Yes, exactly. Real estate is already a massive producer of waste and consequently the carbon footprint. So the real estate sector is an obvious target in order to reduce emissions and combat global warming. We can outline different steps within real estate, starting with construction, which generates the biggest emissions. Nevertheless, the part that I represent, so the utilization of the building and the way a building lives, is not to be dismissed, as there are many challenges which we can respond to. It's true that today many of our investors are very focused on energy transition and bettering the energy performance of a building. So we have to put many actions in place to ensure that the building consumes correctly in terms of the energy needed to heat it or light it. This is of course in relation to the comfort of the occupants, which is not always easy to maintain. Am I going to be too hot or too cold? And at the same time ensuring that we don't over-consume energy, which is becoming rarer and rarer. But once we've been able to do this, we're going to be able to start attacking the other environmental performance challenge, which is the circular economy. With all that that involves today, on the one hand in terms of offers and demand and consumption habits within the real estate profession, and also reusing materials. 
Let's dive deeper into that idea of the circular economy. How does it apply to the real estate sector? Let's say that there are three parts to the circular economy. We have the offer of economic actors, what we can offer in terms of materials and resources, the demand and behaviors of users and waste management. In property management, we deal with the last two parts, the way in which we are consuming resources and also the way in which we are going to manage waste. Today, the circular economy is still very new within our industry and different branches need to organize themselves. This speaks to lots of different people in many ways. Ways. As in our daily lives as citizens, we think circular economy without necessarily labeling it as that. For example, when we go shopping and buy products with less packaging, we're subscribing to the circular economy because we are buying better. When we buy within a short food supply chain, we're subscribing to the circular economy. When we buy a refurbished mobile phone, we're subscribing to the circular economy. So, this idea that each of us manages to achieve this in our daily lives is translated in a more professional, organized manner, but takes longer to achieve within the real estate sector. So today, while our listeners cannot see us, we are at Metal 57, a multifaceted place which is affected by the circular economy. What do you think about taking me to have a look at what comes from circular economy, as all I can see are things which look brand new to me, Can you tell me a little bit more about this, as I'm not an expert? So, Marie, what you see around you, we're in the interior street and you can see a brick wall. Well, as it happens, these bricks were already there before we constructed Metal 57 and were part of the structure of the old building. So we recovered these bricks and reused them to create exposed brick decoration. That is typically an example of reuse. Like the cement pillars which support the structure which protect us and covers our heads, these are pillars which have been reused, they already existed, and we renovated them, reinforced them where they needed it. And so today, we've put a new structure over them, so it's material that was already there, which we haven't deconstructed or recycled, but really reused. We have the same things in part of the metallic structure, which holds part of the characteristic signature of Metal 57. We have what we call the sheds, this sawtooth roof, which if you ask any child to draw a factory, would draw it with these saw-like teeth on the roof. So these are the sheds, and we use the original metallic structure as there was an architectural action that we wanted to conserve within the renovation of Metal 57 and the creation of this new building. What is quite interesting to see is that you told me about this exposed brick wall and I could naively say that we have the impression that we're in a New York-style apartment with these red bricks. Yes, you're right, like in Brooklyn. So it's really for the uh, decoration, but when I see that the actual structure of these giant cement pillars, which are essential for holding the building up are the result of circular economy, there's undeniably a wow effect. Yes, and, and we have to say that within the percentage of all the material that we used to construct the building, it is only a small one, but nevertheless, it's a step in the right direction towards reuse of materials and demonstrating that we can do it and are conscious of the preservation of resources. Once again, we're focused on energy performance, as that is what is technically the most efficient in the short term. But once we've been able to do that, we won't have any other choice but to take on the way in which we consume resources, how we recycle and reuse them. And that brings up lots of structural and complex questions. 
Why? The reuse of materials is not just about saying, hey, we have a block of stone, we can use it like this or like that. We have to understand what it's made up of, and if we can reuse it, how will we reuse it? Are the technical characteristics equivalent? Because the insurer who insures the building is insuring a building with certain resistance and certain characteristics. So if I reuse materials in a very ethical way, who have actually lost their original characteristics compared to if I'd bought them new, is my insurer going to insure me in the same way? So the question is not just, how do I reuse a material that I've found on a construction site, but also, how is that material going to integrate into the whole real estate ecosystem, which takes into account the legal and administrative aspects which we might not think about straight away when we say, let's use this slab from a false ceiling in order to retrofit a floor for a new tenant. How do we persuade? How to persuade our investors of the value of the circular economy? Because in any case, we're going to have to rethink how we construct, rebuild and demolish buildings. Actually, we don't really have a choice, do we? What's great is that, for once, we are one step ahead. We don't necessarily need to convince. We can assume that most people are already on board. For many different reasons, certainly for their own values, also because regulations have massively changed. Like in Europe, for land that concerns us, the regulation has become, let's say, much stricter. In terms of how we fund the real estate economy, this has allowed our investors to contribute more to reducing emissions. I think every week there is an investor who comes forward to present their net zero strategy. Now, net zero, how are we going to achieve it? We're going to achieve it by adapting energy resources and then concentrating on the circular economy. That's obvious. We're experiencing a great drive in real estate investment, and now we need to translate this. Legislation helps a lot. In France, for example, from this year and the years after, new diagnostic obligations will come into place. The diagnostic PMD, which stands for Products, Materials and Waste, which is something we will have to follow each time we carry out a construction operation or a renovation one. For myself, within property management, we don't construct or demolish, but we carry out renovation work for our clients. And within this context, we will carry out audits, which will help us understand what we have to change, take out or modify. What are the existing products and their characteristics? Can we reuse them and in what way? And in this way, it's going to be a much more integrated practice within our value chain. So instead of thinking, how much material am I going to buy at what price? Now we'll be able to say, there's a proportion of the materials that I will buy at a certain price, and there's another proportion that I will reuse in such and such condition at such and such a price. We know that the circular economy is ecological in many different ways. How does this apply to occupiers? I think across the world, all of the HR directors will tell you that we are experiencing a real desire from company employees to be part of an ecosystem that is respectful of the planet and promotes sustainable development. I think on a personal level, we're all concerned because if I make the 
the effort to recycle my waste at home, there's no reason I won't do so at the office. And it's great if the company provides me with the means to do so. Or the building that I'm in provides this, or shows me that I'm participating. Just by going to the office, I'm participating in this environmentally focused cycle. So I think for occupiers, the benefit is not to feel alienated from this, but instead to feel like an actor within this change and transition towards real estate that is more sustainable. Practically speaking, while some things are obvious within the workplace, some parts are completely hidden. Like, for example, the brick wall that has been reused. If we don't tell you about it, you wouldn't notice. Or the lights that are sourced from a database of materials rather than buying them new. The final user has lights, so they won't necessarily remark that there's a difference. But actually, that's better, as the point is that there isn't a difference between new or reconditioned elements because we bought them from a construction site or another building where the office space had been demolished. In a more visible way, the question of the waste from the office, the selective recycling which everyone is aware of, that is something which is very visible. So that idea of being in an environment where you're a player for the performance or waste management and recycling, that is something which I think everyone feels. So that applies to the different bins for waste, the wooden cutlery which we have at lunchtime at the different food stands within the interior street at BNP Paribas Real Estate. So it's a lot of small things. For property management, we are a prescriber, meaning we organize a community who intervene within the building, so technical maintenance, security, the reception and so on. We integrate into the contracts that these service providers sign a certain number of clauses which encourage them to promote the circular economy, reuse, recycling, so we ask them, without coercing them, to set objectives. And let me say that they are very willing in terms of recycling, waste management, reusing materials, etc. So that's another way that we respond in a way that is not necessarily visible, but is seen within the account of emissions. Grégoire, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Marie. It's a pleasure. We'll be back very soon for a new episode of Real Catch-Up with BNP Paribas Real Estate. Until then, open your eyes, ears and minds to what's new in real estate and the city of tomorrow. Real Catch-Up. Committed to real estate with a positive impact.